Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. The graphics are so real on this video game console I bought with the savings from switching to Progressive 10 years ago. I can't tell what's real and what's the game, which I think is what people want. You know, in the future, which it is currently. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch. And I paid a pretty hefty price. Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi everyone and welcome back to episode 7 of the Skinwalker Watch Along, our penultimate episode. It's myself, Andy, with my co-host Dan. As always, how are we doing tonight, Dan? I'm uh, I'm great today, Andy. Uh, the New York Times article news was awesome. How are you? New York New York Times article. Hadn't seen much about it. Um, <laughs> actually drained my phone battery today with the Twitter notifications coming through. Uh, it killed my phone, which I had to charge uh, much earlier than normal. I can guarantee you. But yeah, it's been uh, some good conversation, some good chat, and um, this this episode I'm going to release straight away tonight. As long as Dan doesn't give me any edits, really awkwardly in the middle of anything. Uh, no, but I've <laughs> I've got Joe Murgia, um tomorrow night. I'll be speaking to, and I'll try and get that out straight away. Less of an interview and more of a conversation around the New York Times article. And um, again, loads of listens to our breaking news podcast last night, Dan, that I dragged you on to very last minute. Um, so that's been that's been really good as well. So thanks for listening to that, folks, and hope you enjoyed us just sharing some opinions on the article and trying to put it all in one place in audio format because Twitter's a bit of a jungle, which we all know. So so yeah, that's been really good. Um, so here we are, episode seven, Dan, and this one is called Surveillance. We're moving on from uh, the digging episode last time. Now, we've just been discussing before we started recording that there's eight episodes in the series Episode seven kind of is the last one, though, isn't it? For for a few different reasons, in my eyes. Um, episode eight. Do you want to have a little chat about what we're we're probably going to do for episode eight? Yeah. Um, episode eight is uh, it's a really important step in their investigation in that it's presented to to someone who can kind of hold this data and really legitimise it. Um, but it's more of a summary episode. So instead of a watch along. Uh, Andy and I are going to do more of a, a talk about the season, um, discuss some theories. If you guys have any thoughts, send them in or any questions. Um, so it'll just be a lot more casual and probably a bit shorter as well. Yeah, you say that now, you've jinxed it. It's going to be a four hour <laughs> mega bumper chat. But, you know, yeah, Let's definitely send in any of your thoughts. And like we say, most of the episode are are the guys all sitting round the table uh, in Brandon's very swish office building. So, yeah, it'll be more of a recap of the series and discussing some of your thoughts. And, and I've got some of those sent in already, but keep them coming, absolutely. Um, that would be great, at UFO, UAPAM, or you can send them on to Dan at the signal on Twitter. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be looking for those for the episode for our last one. Um, and like we said, we might even um, kind of spitballing on it, review the hunt for the skinwalker documentary maybe something like that as well afterwards just to kind of give people some more kind of research if they want to kind of look into it so really strangely episode five of the watch along um had more listens than episode four so i think some people maybe came on after the thomas winterton episode or something oh, that's um, great, though. and they've kind of jumped in so i think we've got some people maybe going back through the archives so yeah, so that that's kind of good to see kind of people coming in. Unless people just well, hated episode four for some reason, maybe it really annoyed <laughs> them. Um, but no, it's good. It's good to see people kind of jumping on board with the watch-alongs because they've been really fun to do, and it's a bit of a different uh, approach for myself. And obviously Dan joining me has been been really fun. So um, it's good to keep these going, folks. So um, as always, myself and Dan have the episode lined up on our various devices uh, we're watching the secret of skinwalker ranch copy with no adverts and we've got it ready to roll from the get-go so i'll give a three two one and hit play so three two one play previously 
there was some digging yeah there was a lot of holes and a lot of digging in that last episode there was a good 10 minutes of um clay they can make it look really exciting in a minute here can't they which is good oh so i i promised dan I wasn't going to put him on the spot for anything right at the start before we started recording. And something's, something's came into my head already as Dan's looking going, Christ, can you not just organise yourself for once? So um, do you think, so we, we were just saying here, Dan, that it's been eight episodes and the eighth episode's quite recapish, even though it's important what they're doing and who they're talking to. And like everyone likes a summary episode as well, but could this series have been a little bit more impactful having maybe six episodes instead of eight? Possibly. It's always a challenge to get a lot of content into a show. Um, and often these things are pre-decided. You know, the network will order that many episodes. Um, but as a British person, I like my season shorter as well, so I don't disagree <laughs> Yeah, it's just there, there are a few times, aren't there, where they've either had to stretch something out or, like I say in the last episode, when they're going through clay samples and whatnot, it just kind of came into my head where I was like, ah, do you know what, maybe they could have done this in six. But you're right, the, the network absolutely requests a certain number of episodes and I've got my interview with Dragon that I've done already that uh, I've given you a sneak preview of. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen yet. It goes about an I hour and a half. Yet. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half long. I only sent it over to Dan last night, but that will drop next week. And it's really good, and it shows a really different side to Dragon. Um, but again, we we broach things like that on the conversation around what would you do if the, the cameras start rolling, as, as we know they are about to in the next week, and for three months, nothing happens. Because with this topic and this subject, it's not like the unidentified where you've got people being interviewed and you've got previous clips and previous footage, you're literally waiting on things happening on those days and being recorded. You've got a crew of 30, 40 people on site at any one time filming in different locations. Nothing might happen. And that's something that I suppose even from a watch along point of view has been a challenge for us at times. But obviously it's been good. We've got to know each other doing this and you can talk over various bits and pieces. But for them that must be a real challenge that oh my god it's been two weeks and and nothing's really happened should we go and let a dog into the alpaca pen now i'm not saying that (laughs) i am not saying that's what happened right i'm not saying that um but then you know i I feel that i i haven't watched the the oak island money pit um but that's another show by the the same team right um and as far as i know they haven't found the money yet um, and they've been going for many, many, many seasons. So I, you know, at some point it's about the investigation and the journey. Um, but then Bigelow sold it because everything stopped happening. So <laughs> yeah, on and that it side, even I can totally shows agree like the hunt for Hitler. Now it's not a spoiler to say they don't find him. However, the journey to get there and some of the things that might come up, whether far fetched or not, are no doubt. Yeah, but just it was something that came into my mind that, that could it have been a little bit more impactful being a bit shorter. But um, this episode kicks off with us back in the caretaker's basement. So from a few episodes ago, we were in their home and they'd been hearing a few different noises around the house. They had some kind of weird things going on in the setup of a, a bit of an audio experiment where Travis has gone back a little bit and regressed to being a bit more sceptical, I think, in this episode for the most part where he's got a theory that the room they found downstairs uh, in the basement was acting as a bit of an echo chamber and uh, as a kind of steel concrete drum and any noises, any cupboards being closed or shut, he thinks might have been kind of being captured in here and echoed back around the home and that's what they've been hearing. That's a bit of a stretch to go back from where they've kind of been and uh, as, as a more scientific approach, no problem with that. But Travis is definitely got some ideas here hasn't he as to what may or may not have been going on yeah for sure he um he's definitely the the way the way i look at it is when you're kind of building out a show you kind of want a progression of character and progression of story throughout it so for travis to go from you know uh his skeptical self to now he's got theories after having his mind blown and then really the next episode is a lot of him presenting his theories to us, right? 
So I can I can see the trajectory for his character in that way and why he's you know he's he's skeptical here, but well not skeptical but I uh, detailed paying attention to the detail and applying the science. Dan, can I just ask, is that air conditioning on in your room? I can hear. It is. No. It's a fan. Do you want me to is turn it, it off? No, I, I, no. It's there's a helicopter above, and that's exactly what Travis <laughs> has just done. That is my segue into the. So we've got a chopper above the ranch, and Travis, I love how he does the. Have they got their air conditioning on? Oh wait, nope. There's a helicopter above. So straight away, the guys get a little bit kind of flustered, don't they? That there's a, a chopper flying overhead. Um, they've all got the binoculars out. We're about to see Caleb and Dragon having a little walk around as well, given their roles as security on the ranch, which, you know, are their proper roles and they take very seriously, as well as being kind of TV stars, which they are now. They want to know what's going on and why. Is this going to be some random helicopter landing on the ranch, you know? Um, but you, um, you'd you found out some stuff, didn't you? And it's something when you mentioned it came back into my head, but there was some chatter online, wasn't there, between Brandon and someone else regarding the... The situation here with the helicopter. I don't want to say his name though, because he's been quiet. And if we say his name three times, he might come back up. It's it's an important time to have that person quiet. Um, So use an assumed name, Rick East. Rick East. Yeah. Um, Thought and you know provided some fairly decent evidence as to as to why this was just a power line survey company. Um, He kind of stopped at that point. Um, and was satisfied with his explanation. For me, I felt like he should have gone further and called the company and found out if they were there and so on and so forth. But Brandon was very, very uh, lovely in his response to, to Mick. They had a good conversation. And he basically trusts Eric, that Eric would have covered those bases. If Mick can watch a television show for you know 45 minutes and figure it out, we can assume Eric's come to the same conclusion or done that due diligence, I think. Yes, I think Eric is someone who, and I wouldn't question anyone's integrity on the show. I think we've got a few people who know how to play for the cameras on there, definitely, but Eric is Eric's a scientist. and Hey, Eric, you know, a scientist. He's so straight-laced, isn't he? Say that he again? is, yeah. Uh, a scientist that can do blue steel for the cameras is important. <laughs> oh, he absolutely can, yeah. And you said, I think we said Eric early on is like the lovable uncle, isn't he, of the group? That you just, <laughs> you, just you just trust Eric. You like to see him at family parties. He's going to tell you some stories, and some of them you don't know whether they're true or not, but you, you give him the time and you believe him because he's so nice. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was like, could it have been like a news crew? Could it have been tourists? I mean, could it be someone shooting some footage over the ranch for an upcoming documentaries and something like that? Um, but we don't know. But like you say, Brandon's know. more than more than happy with what Eric's went with. They do mention sure. like the check the transponder, but the the chopper doesn't have a transponder. But Travis quite rightly says that because of the the class of airspace that the chopper's in a class E. I believe it doesn't have to have the transponder turned on, but mo- the That's only right. reason they wouldn't have it turned on is to not be seen. So yeah, apparently sometimes it gets turned off for other reasons, but it would be silly not to have it on. Um, but uh, I would say that Mick did match the picture of the helicopter and it did look exactly like the helicopter the power line company used, but it, you know, we know there's government interest in this place. So it's not, hard to cover with oh can we take one of your helicopters oh you know something like that just hire one for the day and fly over the ranch it's, it's really you, not. Dan I feel you're scutting around the issue are you saying it was definitely aliens there was I mean you could see the alien at the control to the helicopter there yeah, I thought it's like the, the Turkish UFO fault wasn't it with <laughs> which, which is incredible by the way um so yeah so moving on a little bit Brandon has just discussed a little bit of background on NIDS Bigelow and some background again of the ranch and it's coming up to um the, the kind of first break as we come back we are seeing there has been um an incident with one of the cattle and we're going to see some more um trifield meters and some frequencies bouncing about in the area as well so we're starting to get into this is one of the first times really there's some proper classic old school ufo stuff going on there's a dead cattle about to come on screen we've got the 
the UFO that's going to come on soon as well. We've got some electromagnetic interference in the area. It's it's very much like UFO investigation 101, isn't it? (laughs) So there's Travis running across the field, and they are all round. Unfortunately, again, it's one of those things, isn't it? If you're an animal lover, at times this series hasn't been the best thing for you to be watching because we've had the alpaca incident. We've had um, quite a few shots of cattle mutilations as well. And to be fair, this isn't a cattle mutilation, but it seems like the the animals died under strange circumstances, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. The uh, the the vet does the mutilation in this bit. Yeah, it it kind of does. And when he asks for the the kind of is it tree loppers they're called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Candice is um, horrified that he's asking for tree loppers, and he he cuts this poor cow right open. Um, but again, it, it's um, they want to kind of find out what's happened, don't they, on the spot? So I think being scientists, these guys all took biology and paid attention at school and high school and college, so uh, they know what was going on here. They've all dissected those frogs, haven't they? Not something you do in the UK. I don't know if you do that in the US anymore either. Like with uh, you know, they do it in they they do it in films, yeah, all the time. <laughs> so if that's not true, that is a that is a lie. Yeah. Did did you ever do it in school? No, no, neither Never. did we. Maybe maybe it's still more of an American thing. Maybe someone could let us know about that. Yeah, do, do you <laughs> yeah, still dissect frogs in the US when you're in school? Answers on a postcard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've got uh, Caleb here. Uh, they're just talking about the crime scene. Uh, I say crime scene. So Caleb's going to take some pictures of what's happened. And they do mention that, you know, he's, he's kind of taking pictures of the crime scene that's gone on. Caleb's job, he is a police officer in the local area and he works on the ranch when he's not doing his police officer duties as well. And that's something I discussed with uh, with Dragon on my interview that you can hear next week on the main feed, which I thought was quite interesting because... That is I- interesting. Because I made the point, and I won't give too much away, but, you know, Caleb is on the screen very, very little in the series. And there's even parts of some episodes where it's almost like he doesn't want to be on camera. I think there's one of the early episodes. He, he drops off Thomas, doesn't he? Or he drops off Brandon and then goes, OK, bye, and then leaves. And I was like, does he not like being on camera? And he mentioned that he's probably going to be in the second series a lot more. Um, but being a police officer, he's always on duty and whatnot. So... So that's pretty cool. That'd be great to see him more. Yeah. So we've got um, the Trifield meters starts to go a little bit nuts again. We've got some issues with the the phones. I know Dan, you'd talked about it's, it's a kind of known issue on some phones back back earlier, but such, but it, a lot slower. You know, you're talking yeah. like one of those errors per you know five ten seconds, not one every millisecond. So you'd be comfortable saying there's there's something going on. It's it's jumping about quite a lot, isn't it? Like yeah. So yeah, there's definitely some kind of the the cattle's dead. Unfortunately, something's happened. Uh, they're they're checking the electric electric EM I've got EMA electrical magnetic um, anomaly in the area, but they're, they're, at this minute they're not quite sure exactly what's happened. And we do get some some footage checked out soon as well. But cattle mutilations are like classic, along with crop circles. There's some of the really, really old school UFO alien hunter stuff back in the day that you maybe hear less and less of now. But when you delve into the research, and as we're going to find out, we've got one of the most famous UFO researchers coming up in this episode. This kind of stuff still happens very regularly. I think it's just maybe not as popular as it once was to kind of hear about because it's so cliched that, oh, yep, cattle mutilation and animals being cut up and you know, South Park parried it to death and you see the, the famous images of the cows being beamed on board, like flying saucers and whatnot. So did did you know there's an alien hidden in every single episode of South Park? Every single episode. Sometimes it's as small as, as a chair leg and like it'll replace a chair leg or it'll be blended into the wall or something, but in every single episode there is an alien. Do they still do that? I didn't know that. They do, yeah. <laughs> I remember the there, first there game on the PlayStation because you used to it was a cow launcher, wasn't it? And you had to launch cows at the... You know, I never played it. No? Oh, it was a classic. You know? Yeah, that, that's, that was a I'm good game back good. in the day. So, Candice and uh, to- Thomas. That is Thomas, isn't it? Can you get those on for an interview, maybe? 
uh, I can I, I have contacts I can ask you they'd be great guests I'd love to hear from them I'll make a note yeah that's Candace and Thomas though isn't it have I got their names wrong uh, no that's their names yeah, that's really, uh, I, was say, I took a proper mind blank there because Thomas Winterton's came on screen and I was like, yeah, so they're they are basically driving around the ranch just now checking all the cattle are still there. They should have 42, is that right? But obviously one's now dead, so they're basically counting to find out where the other 41 are. For any Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans, 42 being the number of cattle on the ranch will please you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're basically driving around checking the rest of the cattle are okay. There's there's no more issues. Um, Thomas Winterton's been on discussing cattle mutilations as well, um, and this is one of the, some of the stuff I was listening to on the Joe Rogan podcast. They talked about cattle mutilations. Um, George they Knapp did. And th- when they were talking Joe, about Joe it, no, less than as positive as he should be. I'll say that politically about uh, the efforts at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, I'm not sure he's aware of the ongoing efforts, to be honest, because the things that he mentioned sound like the before era or the Bigelow era. But you know why he hates it? Because as Rogan made the point constantly, where's the evidence? Where's where's the evidence? Where where is the evidence? This is why I think he'd really be into this now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he'd be up there in a shot. And he is the kind of guy that I wouldn't mind seeing a Joe Rogan out there to do maybe a show and just, you know, spend the night, do like a late night live. Um, That was Joe Rogan questions everything, I think it was called. And he just kind of went and looked at crazy things. Um, And this was one of them. Um, And he just kept basically getting people saying, yes, we have evidence. And then he'd go to them and it'd just be a story. They'd have nothing to show him. And he got fed up with that, which is, I can kind of empathize with that. <laughs> yeah. It is understandable, but Skinwalker Ranch, I can see why the subject, this series, the history and the lore isn't for everyone that's into this subject because it is very heavy on testimony and scientific data that you're not going to see tons of videos of ufos you'll see bits there's nothing there's nothing incredible though you're you're going to see like animal mutilations you hear a lot of talk of some incredible things but you don't necessarily get to see them famous incidents like the the cattle being stuck inside the pen you know that that's an that's an incredible story and would have been great to see on camera, but we don't have it on camera. We don't have video footage of it. So this, I, this speaks to the development of the Pentagon program, though, right? Yeah. Because like literally, what we're saying is there's no evidence. It's hard to kind of get any scientific data for a phenomenon that doesn't repeat consistently. Um, and so ORSAP became a focused effort. Um, focused on military connections and that's what ATIP is um, and then they were able to come up with the five observables from the patterns that they were seeing and they have three videos that they shared with us <laughs> and that's it and even at the end of the day like if, if Skinwalker Ranch and it does seem like a pretty special place there's something to it or, or more than one thing to it if the government and, and Bigelow done that report you know and, and had those scientists on the ranch what, what are they going to say? They're not going to come out and say that, oh, yeah, we've got portals opening up and things coming out of them. Or you've heard of That's kind of like hu- humanoid type creatures crawling through little wormholes. We, we opening what up. happened with Raid Area 51, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like it would just be rammed with people trying to get through the portals. And if it is something bad, we don't want that happening. Yeah, I'll plug it again. But if you listen to my interview with Dragon, we do discuss the people trying to get on the ranch and he very very politely calls them enthusiasts um (laughs) but yeah we talk about some of the common things that people try and do and apparently they do get quite a lot of people just driving up to the gate and i think particularly now with like dragon and caleb being famous because they are people just drive for a long long distance to come and say hello um to these two big security guards with guns so um but they seem really nice about it. But yeah, don't be sneaking onto the ranch. At least if you go on the ranch, you're guaranteed to meet them, just not in a positive way. So maybe wait until you bump into them and 
and you want to try and get them on a good day as well. So they might be like, you yeah. Know, on day five of you know the 12 or 14 hour shifts or something so um but we've got the vet on site now to check the cattle okay so um i feel i feel sorry here because uh candace is kind of in the corner covering her mouth like the dog is sitting watching what's going on and they are just taking this thing apart jim uh jim segala seems to really be enjoying this doesn't he he gets really involved, like yeah, he's having a proper look. Yeah, maybe maybe studying the methods so that he can, uh, you know, do it if need be on the ranch in future. That's the very diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah, so the the they basically do the the autopsy, don't they, on the on the cattle now to find out what's happened. And as they discuss, it's rapid onset stress induced pneumonia, with the idea being that this can come on quickly. The the biology for the animal to get the pneumonia is already within the animal's genetic makeup, but something has induced a level of stress that's caused the cattle to lower its immune system and bring on the pneumonia, which has killed it really quickly. Um, which is something pretty odd. It's not an easy to an easy thing to happen, and we do see some footage obviously coming up as well soon. But here we're getting a little bit of information on generally some of the cattle mutilations that have happened in the past and the more famous incidents involve you know total loss of all the blood and there being no blood in the area at all and surgical incision uh, that gives me chills just because it's so so close you know for us to be able to say they've taken it elsewhere done what they've done and brought it back there's an elsewhere to go like i don't mean to you know make a vague point but that's pretty exciting. <laughs> what what kind of elsewhere are you thinking though? Like, do you think? Well, that's the thing. Reality is it in or... a spaceship? Is it yeah. interdimensional? Is it less interdimensional and more parallel, like some kind of Asher puzzle? That you know, it's mm-hmm. so many possibilities. But it gives us a tangible elsewhere, or more tangible than what we had before. You know. Yeah. It's one of those things you, you would love to get something like that on camera. And they do get some stuff here. Um, whether there was more and they don't let on, I don't know. But uh, as you as we find out in a few minutes' time, we're, we're going to see some footage. And there is a UFO involved as well in the sky above. So um, that this this vet has been hauled on camera to, to mutilate this poor animal's corpse and then confirm that the pneumonia has come on and has killed the animal. So... But it does seem that something, some massive stress events happened and killed this cattle. It's two years old. It's pretty healthy. I, I did have a little bit of a snigger around the way they mentioned like the the cow's profile. That this cow was fine as if they know it really well. And I'm not <laughs> saying they don't and don't get to know the animals. But you know when they're like this cow was so happy, it had so much to live for. Um, it was planning on going on its holiday soon. You know there was just a <laughs> lot happening in this cow's life that there was no reason for this to happen. Very it's like, yeah, we future. get that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was, you know, it's going to be missed. All the other cows loved this cow. Um, they all ran away from it, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- those cows. Know what it did. Those cows hauled ass, didn't they? As our, they did, as our friends in the US at the, would say. At the end of the ranch. Yeah, as, as we ranch. find out, um, as our resident map expert would would tell us. But <laughs> they are over the other side of the ranch, far, far away from this incident. So again, definitely one that I wouldn't say is over-dramatised in any way. It's something strange has happened there. Um, and we'll see a little yeah. bit of footage coming up soon as well in the command centre, don't we? Like we, we don't have to instantly say it's the phenomenon, but we do have to pay attention to our biosensors. So we've got um, Dragon and Eric on the phone to Brandon. I didn't realise how long Dragon and Brandon have been friends for. They've been friends for years, haven't they? It's more than 25 years, yeah. 25 years, wow. Yeah. They, they kind of grew up together like um, as kids, and that's something we talk about again on the interview. Um, I what smell I mean. a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they, uh, they got on really well, and um, Brandon just happens to be a multi-multi-millionaire real estate mogul. Um, but he, he surrounds himself with people he trusts, and Dragon is one of those people. I, I do ask him what a 19-year-old Brandon Fugel was like, and apparently he was very much the same, still very sharply dressed, talked the same way. Thomas Winterton backed it up as well, didn't he? That he's, he's not fake. The way he comes across on screen, yeah. he's, 
this kind of kind-hearted geek but really intelligent very shrewd businessman as well so that was quite cool to, cool to hear and kind of find out about as well so the brandon's asking about the electromagnetic disturbances this bit it was just really coincidental that um brandon happens to have someone on hand that he's sending to the ranch the following day um and as we are literally about to find out it's linda Moulton howe what were your thoughts on lmh herself if we want to give her a kind of wwe-esque acronym for our, <laughs> for our name um linda Moulton howe turning up on the episode it was strange to see her without her cats mm. Mm. i'll say that i miss them um but also wouldn't want her to bring them here to be honest um yeah, it, it's nice to have her here because she's been a, a staple of the community on this subject um, for for a long, 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 long time. Um, but Brandon's absolutely right when he said that she's an expert. She absolutely is. Um, the actual cattle mutilation may not be the level that she's used to, um, but she has some great input. I don't know if you noticed, Dan, just as they cut to the break, they have the moment where Linda Moulton Howe mentions coming from above, and it cuts to Candice doing the dramatic camera, you know, the doof, and the alpaca does one as well. The alpaca looks oh, really? at the camera as if doof. If you get a second, folks, jump back and just double check before the ad break. The alpaca, I think Dan's going to check on his. Um, I'll make a note for later. Yeah. The alpaca does the look to the camera, which I love. There's a gif there or a meme. Yeah, uh, for sure. Brandon turns up in a car that he's driven himself uh, with Linda Moulton Howe, um, looking very beautifully dressed, as she always does. But Brandon's driving the car, and it makes me wonder, does Linda Moulton Howe not like getting in helicopters? Why is he driven her to the ranch? Maybe he had me at the airport. Maybe the power line company was using his other chopper. Huh? <laughs> There's always that possibility. Um, but Linda Moulton Howe someone who I, I obviously know quite well in the topic that I listen to quite a lot of her shows. There, there tends to be certain shows, though, of hers that I'll listen to and they tend to focus more on, like, Antarctica and, and that sort of stuff that she, she does quite Starting a lot of stuff one, on. Two and... Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what's your experiences been when you when you listen or read or can I you know digest any of LMHs? I'm going to call it LMH. It's much easier. Her material, Dan. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, I came to find her um, at the same time that I came to find Corey Good. Um, so the Antarctica stuff kind of muddled together for me. And mm -hmm. it's it's since, you know, being five hours into Corey Good stuff and having my brain twig and realize that this guy is just describing a movie script to me for a reason. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, I can put him aside, but I haven't gone back to it. Yeah, I, I like some of the stuff with Antarctica, something I've not looked into yet on my own show, but that there's something to the region and if people remember back to the stars academy um six months just over six months to a year ago when they had the first series of unidentified i think had been on and they were doing their next um shed issue the the picture on their site was antarctica with a beam of light oh, that's right it was upside down as well, wasn't yeah it? that's right yeah so i've always kind of wondered and always had an interest in that sort of thing myself so um, there's a lot around um you know uh, I want to say Neil Armstrong going down there um, and some tweets that he put out saying that he'd seen the face of evil after visiting there and things like that that really intrigued me but there's not a lot to go on No, it's a, it's a pretty secretive place in itself isn't it but it is. Um, I know UAP Expeditions which is a little bit on the Twitter news recently but we won't go into it um, that was something they were looking at as well wasn't it and potentially in the future and, and getting out there um, but yeah, so Linda is investigating where this cow has been mutilated. We see some previous mutilations. It's very much something that she's she's accustomed to and she discusses with the rest of the folk on the ranch. 
Um, we see some other cows, obviously, that have been mutilated, and it's it's pretty, and if not gross and disturbing, what happens to these animals is pretty incredible with the the surgical precision precision that some of these um, would you call them operations or you know some of the things that are happening to these cattle? We'll, we'll call them operations in the sense that they were a thing that was carried out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like, I mean, it's their mutilations, aren't they? Because eyes have been yeah. removed. And something I hadn't heard before, though, that I find quite interesting, Linda mentions here, that the the eye that's raised to the sky tends to be the one that's removed and it's not always both eyes. Same with the, the ear, that the ear pointed to the sky is sometimes still sticking up. And that's where she's got the idea more so that it's, it's something that's happening from above. And I mean, cards on the table. She's going with the alien point of view here, isn't she? That an ET craft pretty much or, you know, US government secret craft is, is doing this to these animals, which, well, is, which is pretty interesting. To, to go with the theory and just, you know, throw caution to the wind. If there was a craft that generated a, a bubble around itself, um, and that bubble was a cutoff of sorts, it might do things like remove the skyward eye and skyward ear um, and leave marks on the cow when it goes, you know? Potentially, yeah, potentially. Um, it's almost a whole other show for another time. <laughs> Cattle mutilations. I like her earrings, though. They remind me of Larry Sespooch. She's got the kind of like Native American-type earrings, doesn't she, on? Like, she's... I like them, but have you seen Salad Fingers? Oh, now you say that, They make yeah. me think of Salad Fingers. Okay, yeah, now, now they do make me think of Salad Fingers they, as well. If Linda listens to this, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll have it on good authority that Linda listens. No, I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to be <laughs> that guy. Um, but if you do ever listen, uh, Miss Moulton Howe, uh, I do apologise for Dan's lewd comments on She'd your She'd be angry at me and I'd just be amazed that she was speaking to me. You'd be humbled. very different. Yeah, totally humbled. <laughs> Thomas is telling them, look, let's get out of here. We've been hanging about this dead cattle for quite a while now. And as is evident from the flies surrounding this carcass, which was previously cut open, they want to get away from it as well, don't they? Um, so they've got Linda out in Skinwalker Ranch. Now, she's she's been out there a few times in the past as well. And I, I, it kind of slips my mind. But was she not out there as well when Bigelow had the ranch at some point? Um, I couldn't say. I can't remember if I read that or saw it in one of the documentaries. Or she, um, she, I don't know if she was on the ranch with Bigelow, but she was definitely doing work around that time, um, you know, investigations and things like that. But I couldn't say for sure if she stepped foot on there when, in a formal yeah. way. So, so Linda tells them, she's talking about here, that these things normally happen to these animals um, during a period of silence or quiet and you don't get to see it. And it always just happens to be you, you stumble across the carcass of the animal and it's already happened. But she mentions to them, this happened in daylight. You saw the animal beforehand, what you may have given the surveillance. And again, it's coming back to the title of the episode, the surveillance on the ranch. You may have the data to see what has happened to this animal is there anything we can corroborate this with joe rogan would be lapping it up right now because there might be some kind of evidence yeah yeah absolutely and she makes the point of saying the first consistent data as well mm. which uh is is awesome it's everything this show is about isn't it um uh, yeah you, you file the cattle mutilations like we said and with crop circles and I don't think there's any legitimate videos online of crop circles being made that don't look heavily CGI'd. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm fa- uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. And, and I'm fascinated with them as well, right? Because there's some of these crop circles that, like the cattle mutilations, these couldn't be done by humans. And I know we've seen these like debunking shows and how it's made, and you'll see the guys walking around, and it's still really clever. And they've got big paddle, wooden paddle boards on their feet and they walk around in a certain way and it's all, the geometry is fantastic. But I'm talking about the crop circles where if you look at the, the canes, the way they're bent at a certain angle and that only certain parts of the stock, and I want to say it's almost like the, the joint or the knuckle, there's like a, a pressure point that has popped out all the individual... Yeah, right. Yeah, that you, you couldn't do that. That's impossible. And that's the kind of stuff I look at as a genuine, genuine crop circle. For sure. <clears throat> and something interesting about them as well, I don't know if you uh, read or listen to Simeon Hain's work, uh, Dr. Simeon Hain, um, or Hain, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. Um, he has found 
uh, through working with groups who can make, you know, very decent crop circles, that even in the ones that they faked, they find strange magnetic anomalies. So it's almost like, you know, whether it can naturally occur, like it might have done in some cases, but it's almost like the wheat itself is some kind of, you know, generator or whips a, a, a electromagnetic. Just edit that bit. Don't know, no, don't no, know no. I, I, no I, I get what you mean. No, that they're almost like you're creating some kind of symbol or key that you're on your way to making something that's going to be. Yeah, you you see what I'm getting at. It's yeah, I like... know what you mean. <laughs> Let, let's let's put a really crass analogy on it, okay? It's a bit like you're kind of making a stargate and then it's not going to be quite perfect to open up, but it's starting to, to turn a little bit and something, yeah. something like that. You know, and, and maybe the the stronger readings will come with precision. That's the march of civilization, right? Is the from having yeah. a big fire to being able to have a tiny fire in a tiny engine turning a turbine power in something, you know? That's <laughs> But yeah, crop circles for me. Has there ever been any crop circles on Skinwalker Ranch? It's never talked about in not the series. I know of. It? No, it's not mentioned in the series. Here are those poor alpacas. Look at them. Was it Jed and Leon or something? Yeah, yeah I think that, that's right. That poor one looking with its eyes so this 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 irked me a little bit because they're going back to oh look at this attack when quite clearly so much yeah there was there was nothing to it other than a predator has attacked these it wasn't anything you know there was no dire wolf there was no 12 foot creature it was it was quite clearly some kind of coyote or wild dog or the alpacas were bigger than whatever attacked them and I'm, yeah, I'm still I, I'm still very slightly suspicious on the fact that the camera that would have been looking at the pen wasn't working at the time. I won't go into the whole Princess Diana thing again, right? But um, <laughs> but yeah, it just happened to be that one camera caught a fragment of the cage to see some part of the attack. I mean, these things are still very much out in the open, aren't they, as well? Yeah. Yeah, they are. But they talk about the biosensors, don't they? And we're and Tom here is trying to, you know, we're, we're just trying to use them as could these things see or hear something that we don't? And you're still kind of using the animals, aren't you? But again, it's it's a living biosensor. It's you know, it's it's a working it's a working ranch. Things do happen on the ranch sometimes as well. I mean, usually when someone puts an animal in danger, my response would be, well, you put yourself in that same danger as well then, and you see how you like it. And they're all on the ranch, so I can't really say anything, can I? They're all in the same danger, so. That's it, and um, they've got the bunks. Travis is in a trailer, and I missed this off earlier, didn't I, but trying to say Travis Taylor's trailer 10 times really fast is a tongue twister. But, like, these guys are pretty much for the most part living in trailers or bunks on the ranch um so i wouldn't fancy doing that like i said i'd be staying off ranch if i ever get a chance to go over um but yeah it, it takes us back here to the night where we saw the beams across the mesa that seems so long ago now doesn't it um but it does that was that was a really impressive moment actually looking at that video footage yeah, that uh, I think next week when we talk about the highlights of the series, that's definitely going to be up in my top three. Because I, I just wish they'd done more on that. And I don't know, I mean, the way it's presented, it, it happened that on that isolated incident that night they were out there. But again, did they try and repeat that? Did it happen again? And we just don't get shown it on camera because it's happened. But I suppose for a TV watching audience, <clears throat> that you don't want to go back and see the same thing again. But for me, that would be pretty cool. You know, fly a drone over there find out what's kind of going on i i don't know maybe maybe anything you know this comes down to it just being a this is the kind of stuff we got in season one and then in season two we'll go back to all those things and dive deeper into them you know so um, we're coming back from our final ad break now and we're getting everyone inside that wonderful command center this might be the last time we see the command center because i can't remember if we see it in episode eight um I don't think but, we do. We do get some very cool graphics in episode eight, though. Yeah. Um, 
the guys are basically around the table with Linda Moulton Howe, and Eric has done a little bit of um, digging already. Not physically digging, you know, that was the last episode. But he's done a little bit of looking into the data and the camera and what we've got. And Bryant's given one of his looks with his resting bitch face that he, he commented on himself. Um, yeah. So we're going to see the cattle, and we do have some footage of... It's it's definitely still alive at this point. It's under the tree. It's been left on its own. But we see in the top right-hand corner um, a bug on the screen. No, it's not a bug on the screen. It's, it's quite clearly uh, a UFO, which is a bit of a um, contradiction in terms that quite clearly it's a UFO, isn't it? Because <laughs> the, the whole point being you can't clearly see what it is. Um, but there, yeah. there's definitely something up in the sky, isn't there, Dan? There is, yeah. Um Again, there's been conversation about this after this episode aired uh, where Brandon, you know, he's very active on Twitter. If you listen to this, you probably read Twitter. Um, Follow Brandon because he does have great conversations and he elaborates a lot. And he said there were other reasons um, that they thought this was more than just to fly close to the lens. Um, Yeah. So there's, there's data that we haven't seen with all these events, this one included that just back up what they're presenting or the tone in which they're presenting it to us with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's either that the data isn't for us to see and we're not allowed, or potentially is it just stuff that isn't going to make it into a TV show of this nature because it's seen as potentially a bit boring or dull and maybe that's more of a, a bonus opportunity thing. Like, like I was saying, saying to you before, Dan, it'd be nice to maybe see something on the the website or the an app for the show or on the the twitter feed and just to see some of the background to some of the experiments for for people like us that and again if you're listening to this you've got more than a, a passing interest in the show especially if you want to listen to us to talk about it which so many of you seem to want to then you've you've got a bit of a thirst to find out a little bit more and for me i'd quite like to see that to be honest well brandon has mentioned that they're launching a portal online yeah. um I'm not sure when that's due to come out, but hopefully not too long, because it sounds like it would scratch that itch. I will hopefully get to speak to Brandon sooner rather than later. Um, I'm I'm confident I've got a good chance of getting him on the show. So hopefully before the second series comes on our screens later in the year, I'll have spoken to or be speaking to Brandon Fugel, which would be very so- cool. That'll be my question for him during your show. <laughs> I might I might get you on for that one and uh, get you to ask it yourself. Oh really? I'll uh, I'll be very high pitched because I'll be having a, a very fanboy moment. <laughs> yeah, you you be fanboying out. Um. So listen, next time we've got um all the cast back together. It's a recap episode. Um. We've got the the gimbal video up on the screen there as well. Um, everyone's in suits, all looking very smart. It's a bit of a presentation back. Some some cool footage there that Dan will appreciate as well on screen. Did you want to talk about that, Dan? It's just uh, it, it's a really really nice visualization of all the data they've collected um, towards the beginning of the season. Travis mentioned about the the new interbasin forming a dome and perhaps concentrating some kind of beam um, or energy and they took the readings and we never really see all what came of them. Um, so it's just to see that cross section of the Uinta Basin with all those beams coming out and it crossing just like he, he hypothesized over the ranch is just wonderful. Yeah. So listen, folks, that's the episode finished. Episode seven is in the books. Um, we have one episode to go and myself and Dan are just kind of working out how best we want to present that to you. Uh, in the style of a watch along, there's not a lot to watch along with. So it's more than likely going to be us having a bit of a recap of the season, um, discussing some of our kind of main talking points, main highlights. And what we'd love for you guys to do as well is get in touch um, on Twitter at UFO, UAPAM or at The Signal. If you're not on Twitter, which I kind of realise a lot of people listening to the show maybe aren't on Twitter or don't necessarily like to kind of communicate that way, you can email at uf uh, sorry ufo uapam at gmail.com. So send us an email. It'd be great to hear from you if you're not someone who's regularly on Twitter. You can drop me a message on the Facebook page, That UFO Podcast, or if you're an Instagrammer and one of the cool kids, I'm still kind of getting my head around Instagram, um, you can get That UFO Podcast on there as well. So it'd be great to hear from you anyway to share your thoughts on the watch-along 
or just your thoughts on the show Skinwalker Ranch in general and what you're looking forward to in that second season. Of course, don't forget I'll be speaking to, or I've already spoken to, but you'll be hearing the interview with Dragon, Brian Arnold, coming up later on this week. More than likely that'll be getting released around Wednesday again, which I'm finding is the best day for the, the main interviews to be released. Uh, but again, we've got one episode left of Skinwalker Watch Along. You will be hearing within the next 24 to 48 hours the first episode of TUP Talks. Totally shamelessly ripping off the name of TTSA Talks podcast. Myself and Dan sitting down discussing the first two episodes of Unidentified that have been on the screens that we are big, big fans of that show as we've kind of talked about anyway on the main feed and on this show uh, and that'll be discussing your points as well because I've had so many people feeding in what their thoughts are on the first few episodes and those will be kind of shorter discussion shows on that as well. Dan final thoughts on the episode then before we, we say goodbye uh, That was a, a really good episode and technically i guess or in in one way it was a, a finale um <clears throat> so yeah it was a, it was a really good finish um we finished with an event that had a catholic mutilation a ufo electromagnetic anomalies what more could we ask for exactly a partridge in a pear tree or a, a brandon fuego <laughs> in the back copter but listen folks uh, again it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you dan thank you very much thank you Awesome, and we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thanks. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute, I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Remember how 15 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, I used all those savings to buy that golf club that swings for you. But now everyone who plays golf is really good because, you know, the club swings for you. In, in the future, which is now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.